Well, hello, friends, and welcome or welcome back to the episode, hard to believe, episode 20 of our Saving Christianity podcast, brought to you by the Christian Family Online in America, and I'm your host, John Shields, and today I do not have with me uh, the usual co-host, Owen Allen, and uh, we are going to miss him today. But we are just glad to be able to be back with you on this episode. And the title of this episode is The Change. The Change. Now, Owen, our co-host, taught me a little phrase years ago, and it goes something like this. Change isn't change until there is change. Change isn't change until there is change. And today we're talking about the change, the ultimate change, changing from the inside out. And uh, we've been talking a lot uh, all around this for all of the previous episodes. And if you've been listening to those or looking at the transcripts online, then uh, you've got a little bit of a foundation for what I'm talking about today. If not, that is always available for you. You can catch up at any time along the way, and you can just simply go to our podcast uh, on our site and at uh, goscpod.com, and there you will find all of these episodes, and you can look at the transcript as well. So today we're talking about the change and our condition before Christ. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding, and we've covered a lot of this, and we have a bunch more. We're, we don't want to talk about the problem, uh, but sometimes we have to address the problem in order to really appreciate the solution. And so today, uh, that's what I'm talking about um, in our time together on the podcast. So what is the human condition before Christ, or maybe we could say before salvation. What is the human condition, not just for uh, a segment of the population, but for every human being that has ever been born or ever will be here on planet Earth? Now, this doesn't sound real popular uh, or, or sound real warm and fuzzy, but uh, nevertheless, the reality is and the Bible tells us this, and there is plenty of evidence to validate it, something like this, that we are actually spiritually dead. Now, of course, we are physically alive. And, of course, we know that there is way more to being a human being created in the image of God than our physical body. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that we are, but there is more to us. In fact, it's the invisible piece of us that is the real us, the invisible piece of us. And so the Bible says that piece of us, our spirit, is dead. In other words, there is no propensity towards God. There is no inclination to move towards him. In fact, that natural inclination, since we are spiritually dead, is away from him. Now, in Ephesians 
2 in the New Testament in verses 1 through 3, listen to how it describes our condition. He is addressing people who have experienced the solution, who have experienced salvation. So he's using past tense, but you can put it in the present tense for everyone who has not done this. And this is what he says. He says, listen, as for you, you were dead, there it is, in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Now, that's quite an explanation. And he says, all of us, there it is, all of us lived among them at one time. And how was that manifested? Well, he says, we manifested that by gratifying the cravings, strong words, of our sinful nature. And we followed its desires and thoughts. And he says, as a result of that, of a result of all of this, we were by our very nature, we were objects of wrath. Okay? So it says we were dead in our transgressions and sins. Now, as you know, let's take the physical illustration. A dead person cannot do anything. Okay? They, they can't make any movement. Well, and uh, Well, if they do, you need to run. So here's the thing. A dead person can't move towards or do anything. So there that person is. And he's saying in the same sense, spiritually speaking, uh, we can't do anything either to to address the situation that we find ourselves in. And so we need something, someone on the outside to do something for us if we are going to have life. Now, here's one of the things that is really, really misunderstood about being spiritually dead. You say, well, goodness, if I'm spiritually dead, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself as that bad. In fact, my neighbor next door, he says he's a Christian, and just from appearances, it would seem like um, I'm living a little bit better life than he is. And... Uh, We've all heard those scenarios through the years. But here's where the misunderstanding comes. When you read Ephesians 1 through 3 and a gazillion other passages in the Bible, uh, this is not original with me. It comes from uh, a theologian named uh, Warren Wearsby. You may have heard of him. But the point being, uh, he really addresses this in a very succinct way. And this is what he says. Human depravity, that's how he describes it, doesn't mean that all persons are as wicked as they can be or that all are equally bad or that no person can ever do anything good. What it means, what Paul is addressing, is that we all have a fallen nature that we cannot change, and that apart from the grace of God, none can be saved from eternal judgment. That's what that means. And so listen to 
how uh, the Apostle Paul writes this small letter to Titus in the New Testament, in the third chapter, in the third verse and following. Watch how he describes a person just like he did in Ephesians. I call it B.C., before Christ, and uh, then maybe A.C., after Christ. And this is how he writes it. At one time before Christ, we too, we were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived, and we were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasure. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That's the the B.C. part, and there's plenty of evidence to confirm that. But here's the good thing. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, what did he do? He saved us, not because of us, not because of righteous things we had done, but simply because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal, and something we talk about a whole lot, by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified or put now in a right relationship with God by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So we go from being spiritually dead, and we looked at some examples of what that means here. Now our condition after we have placed our faith in Christ You can put it like this. We moved from being spiritually dead, the change, to being spiritually alive. And that takes us back again to Ephesians 2, now to verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, did what? He made us alive with Christ, even When we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Now, here's one of my favorite little cliches. God does for us, he did and does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And this is the key example of that. Because of God's great love, that's what motivates him. He's rich in mercy, which means we don't get what we do deserve. He made us alive with him. That is, if we accept this truth, this gift. Now, what happens? The Bible says that when we become spiritually alive, this is how it describes it. If anyone is in Christ, that's just a way to, to, to talk about this. We are in Christ now. It says we are now a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, what does that actually mean for us in terms of what is new about this? 
So one day I'm just trekking through life. I don't know Christ. I'm just you know, living by impulse and desire and um, selfishness and whatever else that comes along. And life is about me, we think. And then this supernatural encounter comes and and the light comes on and wow, we understand um, our condition and that we need Christ and Boom, he comes into our life and, and dwells us with his Holy Spirit we've talked a lot about for the first time. So what begins to happen in our life? And I just want to mention a few things that happen to us relative to the change. Well, first, we are a new creation. I just saw that. We are, we are now on a different trajectory uh, completely, and that is an incredible supernatural, miraculous, new creation that God has done for us. And that manifests itself in a new mindset. Listen to how Paul described that in Romans 8, a new mindset. Those who live according to the sinful nature, the before Christ nature, have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful person is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God nor can it do so. And those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So there's quite a contrast, isn't it? There is a new mindset. Uh, it, it, it just It's one of those things you have to uh, uh, genuinely, you have to experience it to, to, to grasp it. But nevertheless, we know it's a reality. Now, the second thing, not only, or the third thing, we are a new creation. We have a new mindset, but we have a new sense of life. I love that. And Paul continues in that same chapter, and he says, You, however, are, are, are controlled not by the sinful nature anymore, but by the Holy Spirit. And that he says, if, in fact, the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ, but... If Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Isn't that something? You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life the way, the truth, and the life. And you see that, a new creation, a new mindset, a new sense of life. The Bible talks about repentance as a changing of mind, a changing of direction. We're going one way, we're thinking one way, and then we do a U-turn and start the other way, which brings us to the next one. We have a new obligation now, and we continue in that same chapter. He says, we have an obligation now, but it's not. It's no longer to the sinful nature to live according to it. 
For if you live according to the sinful nature, you're going to die physically and spiritually. He says, but if God's spirit, if by his spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, guess what's going to happen? You are going to live a new obligation. Now, one of the things I would describe that as the want to's. <laughs> it may sound a little bit silly, but the want to's. We will want to. It, it, the Bible says we are obligated to, and that sometimes if you feel like you're obligated, that can have a uh, kind of a negative connotation to it. But we're not. We're not. There's nothing negative about this. You're going to want to. You see, on the outside looking in. Uh, and I know this from my own personal experience, you think, well, I don't, you know, I don't have the want to's for any of that. Well, you don't, but boy, when you jump in and when Christ comes to you and indwells you with his Holy spirit, he gives you a, a strong dose of the want to's. You want to love him. You want to serve him. You want to serve other people. You want to obey him. All of these things, he gives you, uh, uh, this full dose of the want to's. And so that manifests itself also in a new identity. You know, people everywhere trying to discover their identity. You know, we're searching here, I'm searching there, and trying to find ways and things that can we can just kind of get rooted and grounded in and determine what our identity is. And you know what? Here's the thing, our, ident- our identity is, is supposed to flow out of and from not how we define it, but as God has defined it, and that is we will find our true well-being and our identity in and through our relationship with him. And nothing more can be said. It's just to be able to find that security that uh, we don't have to have an identity crisis. When we come to Christ, we get our identity as his child in relationship with him. Paul said, because those who are led by the Spirit are what? We are sons and daughters of God. You didn't receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. No, no. You received the spirit of sonship family member, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And God's Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's quite amazing. In fact, it's supernatural. And that's what we've been talking about in Saving Christianity from Episode 1. So we are a new creation. We have a new mindset. We have a new sense of life. We have a new obligation or want to, and we have a new identity. Now what? Well, the now what is this. The transformation has begun in our life. And what does that mean? Well, listen to how he describes it in another letter in the New Testament, the book of Colossians chapter 3. This is what he writes. Now, I know you're listening to this and... um, Sometimes not, that's, you're not able to track uh, with this, and, but I hope you're listening or you'll go look at the transcript. I want us to hear what he says about the transformation. 
Since we have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, what do you do? You must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So that's the transformation that is available to us. Incrementally, little by little, as we live out our days here on earth, as we allow him to and as we work with him, these things begin to happen in our life. We begin to grow. We begin to mature. We don't ever arrive. Hopefully, the day we breathe our last breath, we're still learning. We're still applying. We're still growing in our relationship. It's ever deepening. It's ever deepening in our relationship with God. And it's manifesting itself in very real real, relevant, practical, daily living. You probably have heard of of the author Max Licato. I love, he had a little saying years ago I read, I've never forgotten it. It says this, God loves us just the way we are, and he does, but he refuses to leave us there. He wants us to be just like Jesus. In fact, it is because he loves us that he wants that. You see, God's desire for us, his plan, his ultimate goal is to make us into the image of Jesus. But how does that change occur? And why does that change seem so slow? Well, as I said, it's a lifetime journey, and it is a journey, but it's a great adventure. It is a great adventure. And I fully without hesitation, believe it is the greatest journey. It is the greatest thing that can ever happen in any person's life. Owen and I, we've said from the beginning, we want to be part of the solution. There's so much misunderstanding, so much confusion, so much distortion, and that is unfortunate and unnecessary. It's the good news. It's the great news. How in the world did it get so befundled and turned upside down? And so thank you for listening to our podcast, and hopefully you've gotten the book Saving Christianity or you're going to our webpage and you're looking at that as well. Or whatever the case might be, we greatly appreciate it, and hopefully it's being something uh, very meaningful and transformative in your life. That is our prayer. And so this is John coming to you 
on our podcast, Saving Christianity, and we are thankful for you taking the time to listen. And may the God of our fathers bless you and keep you and guide you and protect you until we meet again.